folks, this is the General Knowledge Podcast, Sunday the 29th of March, this is Season 2, Episode 11 for this one, and uh, the title of this one, boys, is going to be Hashtag Corona Hoax, that is the gist of this podcast for today, but before we get stuck into all that narrative, uh, I'll just sort of let everyone know that uh, the podcast is doing pretty well, all you listeners out there, you, you seem to be sharing it, and, and the figures are going up and up, we're well over, well not well over, but we've we've breached the 15,000 download mark of the podcast, which is awesome, um, we've breached the 200 uh, subscriber mark now, so 200 subscribers, just on Podbean alone that is, uh, so well done to all the Podbeaners out there getting on board. Uh, really appreciate the work all the listeners are actually doing to, to spread this word and to get this podcast out there to the rest of the world. It's going awesome. We get listeners from all over the place, so keep it up, guys, and make sure you share it and add it to your to your list. And your, your, well, I know we, we do this fortnightly. Sometimes we do an extra one here and there, but uh, definitely add this one to your rotation of podcasts, guys. So uh, thanks to all the listeners out there. And one uh, of our listeners, I just want to give her a quick shout-out because she's gave us a little uh, little feedback. I put this one up on uh, oh, the last episode. Episode 10 went up on Facebook uh, like two weeks ago. And Antonina. Hi, General Ethan and Andy. Love your work from Bangkok. Uh, so she's overseas in Bangkok, and she's given us a bit of a, a heads up. I said, oh, thanks for the feedback. And how's things over there? Is there COVID hysteria there too? Uh, and she said, oh, my God, yes. Panic buyers have begun here too. Toilet paper is starting to run out. Uh, but it's not as bad as in Australia since a lot of people use the bun gun here. That's over in Thailand. Uh, Thai government has mandated that all schools close for 15 days from today. So this was back then. Uh, as a precautionary measure, a lot of teachers, especially at my school, are expected to suddenly become experts in online teaching, as which is a laugh and a half. And that's one thing we'll kind of I'll get into a little bit later on this podcast as well. Um, one thing that I've noted about the schools, so we'll, we'll have a quick discussion about that as well. Um, but yeah, before we get into all that, I'll just uh, bring you boys in. Ethan, how you going, mate? Happy birthday for yesterday. Thanks, General, and uh, good to be here. Um, it's it's Everything's escalating pretty quickly, really um, and things have, have definitely gone past a tipping point now, so I'm definitely looking forward to, to having a chat about that tonight. Yeah, awesome, man. Um, I hope you obviously it would have been a bit of a, I guess, a little bit slightly on the sucky side for your birthday because you can't exactly go out to the pub or anywhere else and celebrate it. And <laughs> I'm sure you, all those people that came over, you kept them all two meters away from yourself and social distancing, of course. <laughs> yes, had to had to keep the appropriate <laughs> distancing measures, mate. Mark the X's on the floor. <laughs> yeah, got to, got to air hug everyone, air hug and air kisses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How fucking no, stupid is this shit? Yeah, it was oh. crazy. The biggest part, the biggest part too, mate, was just, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in the episode, was just how they're engineering society to obviously condemn people who are oh. questioning this narrative. So the biggest problem I faced with this was, I just said, you know, screw it, we'll just have a gathering at my house. You know, they've already put the ban for ten people or whatever, but you know, we'll see where it goes. I'm, I'm pretty confident in. Um, just just seeing where it goes, just to get an idea and play dumb if anything does happen, you know. Mm. Um, but the biggest part was trying to get the people over because a lot of my friends that I'm, you know, associated with, they're sort of open-minded and don't really pay attention to most of this stuff and think that it's real. But the people that they lived with, say partners or roommates or whatever the case may be, they were the ones that were concerned that they were going out to a party, that they might rise the risk for their household. How dare you go out? We're supposed to be staying home. So the social and conditioning has already taken place. 
Yeah, so I got a first-hand experience of that mm. just trying to to do it because obviously all my plans had, had fallen through with all of these bands. So yep. very interesting times, General, yeah, we'll indeed. Get, we'll get into all that. Um, Andy, Andy's with us as well. How you going, brother? Um, good, thanks, General. Going really, really well. That's good. In the midst of all this, you were supposed to um, head over to PNG for some business. You, you didn't, didn't get away before the lockdowns and the shutdowns and all that sort of stuff, did you, and the border closures? Mm-hmm. No, I no, could feel this was think coming so. on. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just, and uh, yeah, this writing was on the wall like weeks ago, generally. Yeah. So, yeah. So, was this, would you say that this to, is hurting, uh, hurting your business a little bit? Um, yeah, yeah, everything's completely shut down. So, yeah. So, yeah, hurting, uh, like mine and many other businesses, everything's just ground, ground to a halt. So, mm. everyone will be, um, diving into their savings to keep themselves propped up and uh, keep, you know, keep themselves going. So oh, it's, it's, a, it's yeah. a good thing people can access their super, hey, because, you know, we want them cashing in and spending that shit now, don't they, you know? Like, <laughs> it's one oh, thing. They... Yeah, somebody, some, somebody's already diving into our super yeah. and it's not ourselves. So, yeah. So today, today, uh, General, you'll be, quite, you'll be quite pleased to note that... Um, we heard that they were shutting down the beaches and everything like that, and they were evil places to go to. So we, me and the wife, made sure that we did exactly that today. We went down to the beach today and um, tried to chat with some people, and <laughs> and uh, you know had a nice stroll along the beach. It was beautiful. Everything was good. Everything was normal. Everything was like it was every other time. So yeah. Mm. If anything, mm. probably less crowds there. <laughs> uh, Actually, well, down the dog beach, down at the spit, down there at the Gold Coast, it's quite a quite a reasonable number of people. I oh, thought. Oh, that's good. Yeah, but yeah. we went. We actually went into um, Gold Coast, like um, into the Gold Coast CBD, and then and just to just to check out what was going on. And I tell you what, if it was bad last year at at the Gold Coast, like with a downturn in the economy and everything, it was absolutely dreadful and i felt so sorry for the you know anyone trying to survive down there in business it is absolutely the it's ghost town yeah just absolute ghost town like in yeah, fact it that, was that's so a tourism freaky, it's, like, it's all tourism hospitality down there isn't it like there's nothing else really <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah there is a bit of industry and stuff but it's primarily you know all skyscrapers and you know it's holiday makers and stuff and it's just killed it it's killed the entire industry yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely decimated it. So yeah, there is absolutely nothing going on down there, you know. Mm. In fact, me and the wife went and bought an ice cream, and, and the girl, you know, the oh, she obviously the business owner, and she says, "Oh, thank you so much for, you know, coming down and everything." And like, I could see she was almost like a little bit emotional. <laughs> it was just surreal. It really was, you know. So. So any Brisbaneite people, if you're feeling like you know you want to you know like get out, go down there and maybe maybe spend spend a few coins down there to some you know yeah well that's all. Me and the wife, me and the wife intend on doing that during the school uh, holidays. We we've already said we want to do some day trips around the place and um, you know head up to the Sunshine Coast or down the Gold Coast or you know just uh, some little places and try and keep them afloat a little bit with a little bit of influx of money or. Whatever we can do, we're going to try and do a little bit for them. I mean, Friday night we um, <laughs> we had every intention of supporting a local um, 
burger shop called Just Poppies in at River Hills. Like it's you know um, near Westlake and um, Sumner and all that. It's just on 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 the Centenary Motorway that way. It's over that in the western suburbs near the river. And um, awesome burgers. Like a massive list of burgers to choose from and stuff. We've had burgers there before, and they win all these awards and stuff. It's just a little husband and wife team that run the thing. We thought, oh, they they might be suffering, so we'll try and head over there and far out, man. We pulled up. Their phone is just going crazy with orders. I had a look in the inside. There's just tickets all over the place. Like they were struggling to keep up because that many people were still getting burgers from them. You know what I mean? Like they they can't dine. They've just got to do takeaways. But there was there would have been a dozen people waiting just to pick up their orders. And we we're like, fuck! And I went in there to order, and I said, how long do you reckon it'll be to get a burger? And he goes, oh, at least an hour. And I went. Man, we drove from Brown's Plains to come and support you guys, but we're too hungry. Oh, wow. we got to go, man. Sorry. <laughs> so we end up driving oh, somewhere wow. else and getting some food. So it's good to see some places are still going okay and people are, yeah. are realizing that they need to do that sort of thing um, and support Yeah, businesses. I guess in, in a suburban environment like that, like uh, it's not so bad. Unfortunately, the Gold Coast would totally rely on interstate travelers and, and of course, you know, international visitors too. So... That's the only thing that that keeps them like going, and then of course everything everything is shut. So, um, yeah, but, um, but yeah, it's good to see some people, uh, you know, like like doing okay. I think our local, you know, even in um, our local area, the Indian Indian restaurant guy said he was doing okay. Yeah, they were surviving all right on on takeaways and stuff. So, all right. Well, yeah. as of this point, fellas. Um, you know, uh, ABC put out a, a piece. Um, let's just have a quick look when they actually did this one. I think it only went up like tonight or something. Yeah, about an hour ago, 52 minutes ago. Public and private gatherings restricted to two people to slow spread of coronavirus. What a fucking joke, seriously. So in the public, no more than two people. What if you've got a family of three or more? You know what I mean? Like... What do you, what do you, you just can't go in public, I guess, you know, like, and then it says private gatherings as well. Does that mean in your own home? Well, we've got a family of four. What are they going to do? Like, how dumb is this? It's so dumb. I mean, the article goes on to specify a few other things, but I mean, this is the idiocy that this, this Corona hoax has, has gotten to, um, you know what I mean? So these are the type of measures that are gradually getting rolled out more and more and more. Um, like you said, boys, within the last two weeks from the last show till now, it has been ramped up uh, to the fucking nth degree. Like, it's just gone berserk. Uh, we seem to be having every sort of Sunday night or whatever the president, the president, the prime minister gets up and does a live broadcast and tells everyone how much more fucked up their lives are going to be. Um, you know, and, and this is just the next level now. Um, in terms of enforcing stuff like that, Ethan, I wanted to cut over to something you've put up just recently, I think it was even today, uh, where you mentioned that the Australian Armed Forces, the military, is now going to be used to... I know they're going to be used to enforce quarantine orders, but do you think um, they may even use the, the military to enforce these types of social gathering rules, mate? What's your, t- what's your take? And give me your impression on that, brother. Yeah, thanks, General. So... In, in in return 
in regards to the first part, the the article that was put up. So I put up an article today. So I've been watching, you know, a lot of the press conferences every Thursday and, and Sunday. As you said, they're just bombarding us with all of these public announcements and these red alerts from YouTube and all of these types of things. So I put up an article because they had announced, as you mentioned, General, that they're now the Australian Defence Force is going to be on the ground to enforce new mandatory self-quarantine orders for international travellers that are arriving back in Australia. And so what's happening is they're going to be taken away to hotels that are being decked out and all of this accommodation that has been pre-arranged. And the Australian Defence Force is on the ground to enforce these orders. So this is a new development that's obviously come up in the last, um, you know, couple of days as the announcements have been increasing. And the key part about this was I published an article last week on the Tuesday called Martial Law Enforcing the COVID-19 Narrative. And what I have said in this is we need to look at the patterns and the moves of international communities. Um, We were speaking off air about how, you know, countries like Papua New Guinea and all of these places are now going into lockdown. And it just seems to be following a similar pattern, regardless of what the narrative is in each country, which is causing it. And so we see that this is a plan that's unfolding. So just based on that premise, we need to look at what's happening internationally. Now, states in the United States have military on the ground. Malaysia has military on the ground, where my good friend John LeBon is right now. Other countries are are getting the military to to enforce all of these new control measures. And so likely, following these premises, Australia will um, be next to follow on this list. It seems like the only logical step because, and I'm sure we'll get into this later, this event has now passed something that is of the essence of a normal fake media event, a normal hoaxery. This is going to something that's way bigger, as we said last episode, the 9-11, way bigger than a lot of things that we've ever seen just on a worldwide scale. And so if we put all these pieces together, I think obviously martial law is coming, and I detail in this piece today that it really is de facto martial law. As soon as the military is put onto the ground, the definition of martial law is that they're put onto the ground to enforce control orders. And this is exactly what's happening. And Mm. just as we've seen with everything else general, it's going to start broad and it's going to narrow down. So it's going to start with international people and then it's going to narrow down to whatever restrictions are going to come next. It's just a gradual process of things. So I definitely think that this is a likelihood in the future and we're seeing the, the... the opening steps of that at the moment, mate. If I could just interject there before I um I get your your thoughts, Andy. Um, so martial law is military law, so it's it means that basically constitutional rights and constitutional law is suspended, and the it become we become under a military rule, which is which is what martial law is, even if it is a de facto style of martial law. Um, if that's basically the definition of it is um, military rule. Now, to lend credence to that, mate, I um, and I, I I agree with your um, summation that it will get to that point. Is the fact that the Australian federal parliament has now been basically suspended until August, 
Now, that can only mean that they're, they've basically stood down from running the country. Now, who's going to step in and run the country, I guess, in a sense, if, um, you know, federal parliament has been suspended, you know what I mean? Um, there's no more sitting until that time, so they can't have votes, they can't have any representatives, you know, representing the people or the states or whatnot, because that's now they've they've gone home it's uh you know it's been stopped i put an article up on uh on, on the facebook page on real news australia facebook page highlighting this point so that definitely lends credence to the fact that well the next step is going to be martial law yeah absolutely mate so a couple of good points there and, and you mentioned obviously government's going to be put on hold because of this coronavirus hoax and one of the interesting things i highlighted in this piece is when you follow the patterns since early March, one of the country's senior military figures, who's Lieutenant General John Fruin, he's actually been the head of the COVID-19 task force, which was actually created by the Defence Force. So the task force that's leading this national response is led by the military. So mm. shouldn't the government be leading this in a, in a time of crisis? You know, we look, and, and, and I also put in the um, article there the, the definition of martial law as, you know, quote, the imposition of direct military control of normal civilian functions by a government, especially in response to a temporary emergency such as invasion or major disaster or in an occupied territory. So, Martial law is the direct military control of normal civilian functions. So why is the Defence Force heading up this normal function that should be of government? So when you see this type of language and you see what's happening, you know, I try to make these links because, you know, it's happening all over the world. And as you've, as you've, you've mentioned, General, what's not to say that the government isn't really in control of what's happening here? It raises some very interesting questions, mate. Yeah, it certainly does. Andy, what's your thoughts on that, mate? Do you reckon Ethan's um, correct there? Or what's just give us your take on, on this this heading towards martial law right here in Australia? Yeah, I don't think... I think um, definitely something's going to happen to the uh, people of Australia that they're really, really not going to like. That'll cause um, massive public panic and... Massive public outcry, and I think it's actually, I think what's happening is that they're going to be going for the public's purse. So what I think will will happen is that the um, uh, people's super funds will be basically stolen. Um, there will be massive bail ins, and uh, once that happens, once you start messing with the public's actual money, then you're going to have people on the, then you're going to have writing. People will feel that there's nothing left to do but to, you know, basically tear down government. So I think that's what the 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 government have um, or believe is a likely scenario. So they're getting their security in place. Hmm. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's where it's heading. It's a scary um, thought. Absolutely. Scary thought. Yeah. Absolutely, Andy. Well, you, you you mentioned that, and you know, I've, we've been talking about this since the beginning about COVID nineteen. Well, I have about this being this mass compliance drill, mm. and so martial law is going to be used to enforce this psychological drill on people. But as we've seen now, it seems like 
it's not just a normal drill, that there's going to be real consequences in the world for what's going to occur while we're all sitting in our houses believing that there's a fake virus out there. And one of these things is is exactly what Andy's talking about, this reshift of the world. And the smoking gun for me was when looking at this COVID-19 task force, which I mentioned is headed by the defence, what they've been doing as part of it has been wargaming all possible scenarios, which includes potential circumstances where the military may be asked to help control law, which we're already seeing now, and also order in the event of chaos. So this is very interesting. Where is this type of thing heading? And as Andy, as you mentioned, mate, we're being put into our houses and and what does that leave us vulnerable to? What does that leave us vulnerable to happening during whatever is going on? And we can chat about whatever's going on and the hoaxery behind it. But just in regards to this structure, it seems like something very suspicious is going on and, and, and we can see that across the world, boys. Yeah, I see what you're saying, and um, I, I I agree 100. percent I think um, like we can we can sit here and we can we can definitely say this all day, and we can prove that this virus, this coronavirus, is not a big deal, and we know that for a fact. It's it's yeah, that's why I'm saying hashtag Corona hoax because it's just this whole thing is it literally is a hoax, but the repercussions <laughs> of this thing happening are 100 percent real. You know what I mean? So there's and I've been saying this for ages now. What is the, what is the end game here? What are they trying to do? I've been pondering this for weeks now. What are they actually trying to do? Are we seeing a uh, like you said a reset of the financial system? Are we seeing a reset of law and rule in not just in Australia but in the world? And that's that's what I'm trying to find out. And I I, I did think of something good, but I kind of not not tonight. I thought about this in the previous days. I I thought of something, but I was trying to remember what it was because I sort of lost it. I'd lost the I'd lost focus on something because it was just so much going on. But um, yeah, so I mean, I, I I'm Deb said still behind the fact that this virus. I do think it probably it could you know, coronavirus could very well be a real thing. Even though um, you know, if you look into a whole virus theory and whatnot, you know, even that it could very well be um, you know viruses could not be a real thing for for instance but you know these things are apparently very common you know um and yet we're supposed to believe that this thing is deadly as the media keeps saying and the government keeps saying you know we're supposed to believe that this so-called virus is killing people all over the world and yet you know the entire nation of australia is now locked down and the death toll is what 17 people now every single one of them over the age of like 65 or something. You know, I mean, this is just normal people dying uh, of pre-existing conditions, which they had, you know, for months or, or however long now, these people have had pre-existing conditions. The same as in Italy. They come out with the statistics from their own health department there that 99% of the deaths over there, um, 99% of them have pre-existing conditions, which, um, you know, were not in a sense life-threatening but they had pre-existing conditions you know like uh, pneumonia or whatever else they had and that they've caught something they've who, who's to know that the testing or the autopsies on these people after they're after they're dying you know i, I saw someone out coming out and saying uh they were said they were a nurse in the states and someone died in their hospital 
they wrote down the death as pneumonia or whatever it was. They came into work the next day and looked at the the death report, the death certificate, and it had been changed to coronavirus. You know what I mean? Like, the figures are so skewed. Who's to believe anything, what we're seeing in the numbers there? So, I just... That's what I'm trying to call, that this is definitely... Uh, the, the virus itself, this whole outbreak scenario, this pandemic, is an absolute hoax. And... Um, Oh, I should. Uh, a new phrase that I quite like is calling it a plandemic. Um, I think that's a really good one as well. I saw that one today. Plandemic. I think that is spot on. This is definitely a plandemic, and it's a of the a plandemic of the corona hoax. So, but you're right, Ethan. The 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 repercussions of this that they've used this and they've used it so well that the public on on large seems to have eaten it with a big fucking spoon. They are gulping this shit down. They 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 seem to have. They seem to love the fear, like they love the thought that government is going to protect them. And all of a sudden, you know, like I said, I said this to someone the other day, if you went up to anyone in the street, you know, two months ago, and, and out of 100 people, if you went up to them and said, do you trust the government 100%? Is there, is there any doubt it whatsoever? Do you trust the government completely? And I guarantee you it would be 100% of them would say, no, I don't trust them completely or not at all. You know what I mean? Whereas if you, mm. and all of a sudden now, everyone trusts them that every bit of information coming out people trust it they, they without a doubt you know what i mean they with they just eat it up i don't get it i don't get how this thing this stupid corona hoax that they believe without a shadow of a doubt that this is all real and every statistic and every number they're giving us is 100 percent accurate when we know it isn't and it's been exposed for that fact so it just does my head in man mm, can i just interject just for a second mm-hmm. um I think the coordination with the media and the government with this is like, is like, has been very, very powerful and very, from a marketing point of view, very, very clever. Well, I dare say that the so intelligence agencies in the in our government are running these things for the media. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So when you got when you got your favourite TV characters, you know, like morning TV or or nighttime TV and everything like that, constantly like pouring it down your throat. It, it, like when it, when it comes to listening to the Prime Minister speak and stuff, all of the actual influences have already been programmed. Do you understand what I mean? Mm. So it's, sort of like, it's not even coming from the government. It's already been programmed. It's ingrained into in the us. Public yeah, head. that's right. I, yeah, I, I yeah. know what you mean, so it's sort of It's sort of like They've that's been... how I see it. The yeah. actual coordination between the two entities is is on a... On a another level that we have never seen before and that's why um, I, I wanted to highlight the fact that people out there all around the world are doing good research and putting up and they're, they're showing the cracks in this story that keep popping up all over the place mate i'm looking at a picture today right the the mainstream media showed an image all over all over the mainstream media and saying that this was a picture from italy because of the covid19 they showed this like warehouse with all these coffins all lined up in a row, right? And it was to do with, um, obviously, because of all the deaths over there. So they're trying to you know, bring in more coffins so they can keep up with all the dead people, right? And this guy has gone, I'm watching the movie Unlocked on Showtime. It's a movie called Unlocked, and it's on Showtime. And he goes, and this scene pops up of coffins lined up, and and it's the same, it's the exact same imagery that they use in the mainstream media of Italy. And yet this show was from back in... 2017 you know what i mean like they're, they're propagandizing propagandizing the public big time you know what i mean like they're showing this they did this with 9 11 they've done it with, with all these major events like sandy hook and stuff and you know 
showing this this um, this this sort of imagery that's you know implanting this this thought in the public of oh my god look how bad it is in Italy look they need more coffins because the death toll is so high and oh wait a minute you know that fucking um, image that you're seeing from the mainstream media was actually from a movie it's not real it is not from Italy it's a fucking hoax like come on people wake up stop believing it I just hate the fact that people are eating this up so big it needs to be called out for what it is so people can actually start asking questions and if they get this into their head that you know what, maybe all these people saying that it's a hoax and it isn't real and maybe I should start looking into the numbers and if the more that more people start doing that and the more digging they're doing then the more start to wake up to this and then, uh, you know, we might just wake up the right amount of people. I mean, we've been saying that for years, I guess, but I don't know, I'm not hopeful, but, and I'm very, I'm actually at the point now where I'm a little bit apprehensive and a little bit anxious about where this is really going because um, it's the end game I'm kind of worried about. Um, I mean, not to say that the world was perfect the way we had it, but to have such a massive disruption in our lives, boys. I mean, it's crazy. It's unprecedented. I'm burping here because I'm just having a conspiracy beery. Sorry, boys. But it is. It's <laughs> unprecedented, isn't it? Absolutely. It's it's unprecedented, General. And I think, again, there's so much to discuss on the topic, you know. And I think, I think you know, we've, we've done a good job trying to build this context about initially the virus itself the the misinformation with the virus so you know we've explored the death rates where are all these deaths where are all these dead people you know we see well events like school shootings and all of these terrorist attacks where everyone's changing their profile photos and you Mm -hmm. see all these imagery everywhere we're not seeing much of that we're not seeing much of just people dying in the streets and all of these narratives that they're telling us where are all the sick people do you see sick people around (laughs) you do people use their own perceptions to see the people around them you know we've we've spoken about the recovery rates how they're not talking about how many people are recovering from this so-called mild illness that's out there Mm. all of the asymptomatic um readings that you get now you don't even have to have a sniffle or a cough you you might be asymptomatic and still holding it so you know we've done such a good job exposing and there's so many good researchers out there talking about you know showing videos about you know that that one that you shared general about the the hazmat guys coming in and the owner of the hotel filming them saying i just saw this bloke 10 minutes ago and you're saying that he's dead he just got taken away by the police that's right yeah you know so that yeah so just elaborate on that one for folks who haven't seen that video yeah absolutely so that's really interesting so in the uk that's uh, yeah yeah in the uk a video that's that's emerged it's pretty much two guys in these hazmat suits you know full decked out white gear and they're coming into this hotel building and essentially they're telling the person that's filming who turns out to be the hotel manager that they need to shut the hotel down because one of the guests has died died of coronavirus so they need to shut it down they need to you know do all of the the normal measures and the hotel owner whips out her phone and she's standing there i think there's a cleaner or something behind her and she's she just goes on a tirade screaming at these people saying, you know, we've seen this person 10 minutes ago. We, this person was talking to him. I was talking to him. We just saw him get taken away by the police. And now you're in my building saying that he died, has died. Like, yeah, died hours ago or something. Yeah. Yeah. And they looked like deer in the headlights, mate, didn't, didn't they? they? Yeah. They, they didn't got know caught. what to do. Yeah. 
That's the, that's the <laughs> shit I'm talking about. And she's calling him on the bullshit, saying, you are here, you are scaring people on purpose, you are causing fear intentionally when there's no need to, you're telling people, you know, you're putting this, this note under everyone's door saying, this guy has died of coronavirus right here in this building, and yet we saw him, he's, he's alive, he's alive you know, a few minutes ago, and yet you're telling everyone here that he died within like a couple of, half hour, an hour, or whatever the time frame is, it's longer than when they saw him ago. You know what I mean? So they literally are caught spreading fear and misinformation. And that's the sort of shit I'm talking about. It needs to come to light. And people need to spread and share and highlight so that the, every fucking average person out there who believes this shit can go, oh, oh, that's interesting. Or, yeah, maybe I should look into that a bit more. Maybe she's right. Or is there more to this? Or maybe there's more videos like this. And maybe they'll do a little bit more digging and they'll fucking come across maybe our podcasts or our websites or others out there who are sharing this sort of information because you're spot on, man. Talk about being caught red fucking handed, deer in the headlights, exactly like you said. These guys, <laughs> and they were like, oh, can you please stop filming? And she's like, no, I will not stop <laughs> filming. You know, and then the guy takes his mask off to talk to her and stuff. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, you're in full fucking hazmat suit sort of thing. And yet you go and take your mask off to talk to her? Like, yeah, I'm sure you're worried about coronavirus, champ. Fucking yeah. hell. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous, mate. And it, it's just been a propaganda of, as as Andy mentioned, of, of a level that we really haven't seen before. But I wanted to talk about you guys just to pick your brains just about this because what I'm seeing is obviously there's a lot of good researchers putting in good work and we've spoken extensively on some of these aspects of the coronavirus hoax. But what I'm seeing is this whole new declaration of this virus, this war against the virus, this virus being the new enemy, the invisible enemy, it's almost, it's really forming this social element of control that really... You know, it almost seems like we're we're going into a shift where people that are doing work like this, the more that they do type of like this type of work, rather, the more they do this type of work, they're going to be demonized and and criticized and even potentially labeled domestic terrorists in the future as public health threats for continuing to do this. And it seems like this level of propaganda has just been because, you know, with any other event, you can go, well, here's the facts. You know, the bushfires are a perfect example Mm. and it gets a lot of attention. You know, you can get supports of your alternative views and you have the ability to try and influence these people. But the masses are in such fear and such compliance to be able to believe this, to just give up their livelihoods and their jobs based on the, the orders of their masters it seems like the people are being trained with all of these Bondi Beach situations and whatnot to almost react in a militant way towards people that are taking this lightly or people that are trying to expose this. And so I want I wanted to pick your thoughts on, on what do you think about this? Because in my martial law piece, I what I did was compare this virus to the concepts of George Orwell's 1984, specifically the character of Goldstein, who's the principal enemy. Now, Goldstein. Well, Goldstein is the um, domestic terrorist in in the book who runs the the so-called resistance. Yeah, that's right. And he's the principal enemy of the state, so-called. And he's the 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 key point is he's he's depicted as a mysterious 
entity. You see him on screen, but you never really see any evidence of him existing, any evidence of the army existing, and it's really ultimately just a propaganda tool of the state. And I said, just like the threat of the fake virus, war rhetoric, as they're declaring war against the virus, will be used to to give this appearance of solidity to the narrative. And so now it's going to be, well, you're going to be on the side of the virus general if you don't believe this narrative. We're getting to, in my estimation, Orwellian proportions of propaganda with this to the likes that we've never seen before. So I wanted to throw to you, mate, first, just to get your thoughts on what do you think about this notion that I've been discussing about how the people are being trained in a militant sense and what does that mean to people that are trying to put this information out and and where do you think this is heading in terms of the the Orwellian element that I see? Just wanted to pick your brains on that one. Um, Andy, do you want to go first before I go? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Look, a, it's a it's a lot to just throw into one question i apologize i just wanted to build the context it is, it is a look look you know um look I, I've been, we've been saying like for years boys and i've been saying almost on every show like we're in world war three now right I, I truly believe that it's a economic war it's a spiritual war it's a you know a war of the minds but make no, no mistake, we've been in World War Three for a long time. So, mm. so now it's got like nasty, and it's got serious as far as this economic war goes. So, I see, I see two um, the two sides to the you know the war. I see people who who want freedom and and i see you know people who want to live their lives and and i see um a rising of you know humanity's vibration um a lot uh, definitely a big raising of humanity's awareness that's moving forward at a, a very steady pace and then i see on the other side of the coin is like the cabal central banks corrupt governments, pedophilia, you know, we can go on and on and on. It's generally what Real News Australia is, is built around, like exposing these things. Mm-hmm. So these are the two, these are the two, you know, like two sides to what's going on. As far as military rule and everything like that, like that is just part of the tools, okay? We're going to get to a point where you've got to pick a side. You've got to pick a side of, of freedom or you've got to pick a side of like fear, compliance, like old systems, you know, low vibration, low entities and stuff. So, so we're just we're just getting to the point where we're just going to get to the pointy end. Is like which side are you on? So, you know, like the the propaganda and the war against the people of Australia, they 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 seem to be like just breaking you know, breaking all their own rules and break and going hell for leather to try and like drag this to drag their failing systems back into line. That's the way I see it. And they're gonna drag people back into their systems kicking and screaming. And if it won't work then they'll just bring they'll they'll either bring you to the table, you know, like 
with compliance or they'll bring you the, bring you to the table with a with a gun to your head mm. either way in their minds they're going to bring you to the table and you will be your effing slave so that's that's the business plan so you know like so this is how this is how I see it this is how this military rollout um, uh, you know it's desperation now and they've just dropped the biggest weapon that they could possibly you know, drop and all of their agencies, all of their media, everything is all in play. Everything's been engaged. Everything is like going for it. So, so this is the Pearl Harbor of World War Three. You know, like this is this is we're mm. into it now. So, mm. um, make no mistakes. It's going to be a massive economic war. Super funds are going to be stolen. Banks are going to be required to be bailed in. Central banks are going to be like be hanging on to the last threads of their their you know powers, so you know like we're in for a bumpy ride. And of course, like we're discussing, the the virus thing is the is the tool that they needed to to bring fear and compliance into the public's mind, because a, a fearful and compliant public are a lot easier to to, to defeat than than a you know like a someone who's like courageous and standing up for themselves you know and like even voting is something i see so many people they're just completely they're, they're consumed man they're like defeated already they're 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 curled up on the ground lying waiting for someone to kick them it, it's it's so sad to see so pathetic but, but they've done such a good job isn't it funny andy how you've seen them put in these restrictions of you know the banning of public gatherings of more than two people after these elections <laughs> you know what i mean let's get the elections out yeah. of the way first and let everyone go in public and do all that and yet yeah we want you to stay away from the beaches and all that sort of shit but go out and vote and then we'll put more restrictions on you like it's just so fucking oh. predictable well it's, it's predictable and anything to do with the government and their processes i.e elections is on a different level. It's like it's not not included in the the silly public stuff. You know, the public are just treated like such such slaves, such like such worthless entities. It's it's to me it's as clear as black and white. You know, like um, but I think we're in the early stages of this. I think we've got a long way to go, and um, you know we can we can. Sedgway later on in the podcast, it's up to you, General, but like the geopolitical thing with Trump and China and stuff is like, is really, I think it's at the core of the whole what's going on here. I think if Hillary Clinton was was elected as, as um, president, um, I think would have been, I don't think we're getting there. I think there's some people working in the background that are trying to push back against the cabal, the central banks and stuff and, and China and and. I don't think I don't think our enemy likes it one bit, mm. and I think this is this is where we're at. Interesting, yeah, it's but, a good um, good theory, I, and I like it. I think well, I wouldn't mind exploring that a bit later. But just on back on what Ethan sort of asked, um, mate, in terms of this whole 1984 aspect of it, and you know, what we're seeing now is we're starting to see that sort of two minutes of hate. You know what I mean, like urging the public to get angry at, at the enemy and the enemy at the moment what they're trying to paint is is the people ignoring the social distancing the people ignoring the self-isolation the people 
ignoring the orders of of the party you know and going out and enjoying some sunshine at the beach and um mm-hmm. just living and trying to live what they were their normal life so they're now the enemy and that's that's so it's just a traditional tra- divide and conquer isn't it well it is yeah so like i said the the population is too big to i guess control in a certain way like even militarily you know what i mean like they can impose a martial law but there's we've only got a very small military what have we got like thirty thousand active troops in australia with a population of nearly 26 million like they got no hope you know what i mean if if, if australia actually uh-huh. stood up and went go on like i dare you i dare you australian military i dare you fellow australian put a bullet in my fucking head just because i'm outside ignoring these the rules of this bullshit you know what i mean like I don't reckon they'd do it, to be honest. I don't reckon they would take the shot. I reckon they'd be they'd be like, yeah, I can't fire. Mm. We can't fire on fellow Australians and our mates, you know. Um, they you want, they, need, us, they need us to comply, mate. They just, you know I mean, like you said, it's that divide and conquer. They've got to try and split up the the, pop, the public as much as possible in order to, con- not for to control us, but for us to control ourselves. And that's why they're calling on us to, and brainwashing us and propagandizing us with all this, you know, the the social distancing and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Like they don't want you gathering. They don't want you organizing to be together in a social setting because you'll talk about this and you might get other ideas than what the ideas they're putting in your head. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying is it's a very, that's that two minute of hate back on that 1984 thing. And you know, we are, Mm. the enemy is, is, I guess, you know, the hate's directed at us. Um, But we got to try and wake people up to, you know, don't don't necessarily go along with the party line and join in with that hate. You know what I mean? Like, maybe actually encourage people to think a little bit more. Uh, was there something else, uh, Ethan? You wanted me to respond to? It was a big question, so I just you, just to recap what you said. Did I answer your question? Yeah, no, I think you you both gave some some great answers there. I was mainly just trying to get a a feel of you know what you guys feel the significance is of this and i think you know tying 1984 in sort of encapsulates that well and you're absolutely right general and and andy yourself but from what you just said there general about the the two minutes of hate this is what i'm talking about with this militant social engineering to the point where you will become a public health risk and all of the pieces are in play so the biosecurity law act has been Mm. uh, activated all of the military exactly and the military is going to be on the street and again they don't need to control the mass portion of australia's population because most of them are following the compliance very well Mm. you know they're they're being good little monkeys for the establishment it's mainly to keep an eye on the people who aren't following those rules and so all of the pieces are in play it's a very fine line again i don't think i think you're right jenna i think that at the end of the day it's all for show and i don't think it could reach a point where there's you know all of these really uh, disastrous scenes that we envision martial law being you know military gunning people down and all this type of stuff chaos and tanks in the street i don't think it's that type of martial law but this is more of an orwellian type of martial law which is training us to become prepared for the new world that they're developing this huxley vision of a technocratic transhumanist state which is they're they're beginning to train us getting us all in the house getting us all adapted to technology to setting up deliveries and getting online and who's not to say that with 5g rolling out with the obscurity 
of this virus, this invisible enemy that they can continue the narrative for as long as they want, who's not to say that, you know, we'll just be forced to stay inside indefinitely and the solution is all of this AI technology. This is how we're going to get the economy going again. We're going to create a virtual world that everyone can meet in. You know, it seems like we're just... It seems like this event is different to a lot of other events that are happening. And I just wanted to get your gauge on the, on the significance of, of it. And I'm glad that we're on the same page. I'm glad that Andy, you know, Andy mentioned a lot of things that could potentially happen during this shift, which is economic collapse. You know, there's the potential of China, the model of China. You know, I don't believe in governments and all of this stuff, but the model of China with social credit and high tech surveillance that could become the dominant country and, and then sort of take over the world. All of these things are in play here. And I don't think anyone knows for sure where it's going. I've got my suspicions. But at the end of the day, I just wanted to get your thoughts because I feel like this has just escalated to a point where it's it's very different. And this virus is now the Goldstein the invisible enemy that everyone mm. must hate. And if you question this virus, General, you're an agent of Goldstein. Mm. I think this is what's happening now. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I think you're right, man. That's a very good, very scary conclusion. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to compute and it's hard to get your head around, but that definitely is does seem like that's the way we're going, you know. And that's, uh, you know, it's a problem, reaction, solution, Hegelian dialectic we're under again with, you know, we've got the problem of uh, this virus. We've all reacted to it by staying in home and doing what we're told. And now the, we're going to have another problem, which is going to be, oh, what do we do? You know, the, everything seems to be shutting down and we can't do anything. What What's to do? And they're going to offer up the solution, like you said, which will be this ushering in of this home delivery technological technocracy kind of state which will evolve around us and we'll just all of a sudden we'll be switched on basically it'll just be turned on around us and that's just how life is now you know what i mean like we've literally just lost the old ways and now we're on this new way and there ain't no going back um Mm. creatures are adaptable you know humans are adaptable we are one of the most adaptive species in the world correct Exactly, and I don't think a lot of the time it's it's consciously. I think a lot of the time we adapt because we're engineered to adapt mm. to new scenarios, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, all of this over a uh, so-called virus of a pandemic which has killed maybe 17 people in this country, and <laughs> I highly doubt it's actually even killed those people because they're all fucking <laughs> old people, all with pre-existing <laughs> conditions, and they probably would have just fucking died anyway of a normal cold or flu that got a hold of them, poor things. Not that I, you know, I'm sad that they've died, um, that these people have died, but look, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I kind of even doubt that these people have actually died. So far, I've been able to dig up one name out of the 17 deaths in this country. One name. <laughs> yeah you know so it's always an elderly person an yeah. elderly man a melbourne retiree or you know yeah. all this language people no in names. an old folks home yeah you know, where's <laughs> all the family members where's all the people being interviewed about this and you know why aren't they saying uh james patterson from victoria or you know in whatever suburb or what why are there no fucking details about these people who have died well i'll tell you why because 
there probably aren't fucking people that have died of this. They could have just picked out these names. This could be an absolute... That could be another major part of this hoax, is we've got to slowly start saying people are dying. And like I said, in like this person in the States come out and saying they're just changing the death certificates overnight. You know, someone's coming in writing coronavirus as the death. Oh, chalk that one up. Put that one on the statistics. You know, and uh, the names aren't being released of these people. Um... I know that maybe there is a privacy issue attached to that. I'm not too sure about, but I mean, the media gets hold of names from every other fucking event that crops up around the world and around our countries day in and day out. Why can't they have the names of these people? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, how sus is that? I just don't buy it. I'm not. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying these people are dying in this country of, of a fake fucking disease. You know. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, you've got in uh, what is that thing that came out now? Um, May in uh, the UK, how they've now, um, where is it? High consequence infectious disease from the government of the UK. So as of the 19th of March um, this year, COVID-19 is no longer considered to be a high consequence infectious disease in the UK. So, I mean, they've even, they've basically downgraded it as well, saying, well, you know, it's not actually as bad as we thought it was going to be, or not as bad as it is. It's not as bad as we're being told by the fucking WHO and CDCs. So it's kind of telling that, that the UK government has made that statement on their actual government website. So even they've downgraded it as a as a high-consequence infectious disease. It's no longer that anymore. Um, you know what I mean? So yeah, absolutely. That's... And did you see that, um, what was it, the original, uh, what was he here, scientist? I can't remember what type of field he was in, but the original um, scientist health officer that developed the initial modeling for the World Health Organization that predicted the severity of where it goes and, and how all of these governments are now acting on those predictions, he's actually retracted his initial model. Like, he says that he, he doesn't have confidence in it anymore. Yeah. But, again, no one's going to check that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's just continuous. Yeah. Just on that one there. Yeah. Sorry, Andy. Yeah. Uh, that, that model... Uh, was a was a prediction of 500,000 deaths in the UK mm. has been adjusted to 20,000. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a, a bit of difference, don't you think? Yeah, and it won't even hit that. They'll adjust it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, I mean, it might hit that in 12 months' time, <laughs> but it's not going to hit that in the next couple of weeks because people just I'm aren't sure. dying. Sh- I mean, I've shared videos. Yeah, well, I'm boys. sure in the UK. I've shared videos, I think it was just on our little chat group um, that we have, that I shared the video of the bloke in, uh, I think he was in Kentucky, uh, in the States. He was going around, because they're being told, he's being told in the media, he said that we're being told that the hospitals are overwhelmed. Um, There's, you know, the beds are full, the hospitals are overwhelmed with sick people. And he goes to like three different hospitals in a small area near where he lives. And it's so quiet, there's no one waiting, the you know the the receptionists are sitting there on their phones you know probably playing games on their phones there's fucking nothing going on you know what i mean and but they're being told in the media that they're overwhelmed and there's people everywhere and they're sick like what a hoax it is just a hoax it's bullshit you're being lied to people you are being lied to stop believing the lies got to read between the lies realize that there's a little fucking bit of truth underneath all this shit and it ain't what they're being ain't what they're telling you Mm. You saw that video. I don't know if you saw that video, boys, but um, I shared a lot. Of, I've shared a lot of content lately with regards to all this adding up to a hoax. That was another thing I wanted to bring up too. Um, 
look, it, it might not mean this, it might mean something else, but to me, it still adds credence to the hoax side of things. And I put up an article uh, on the 25th, Mike Pompeo, which I think is um, Trump's, which is Secretary of State, I think he is. Uh, I could be wrong. No, he is Secretary of State, yeah. Um, Mike Pompeo admits COVID-19 is a live exercise. And Trump retorts, I wish you would have told us. Um, there's a video where Mike Pompeo is at the White House press briefing and uh, he's up on the podium there. And he says, this is not about retribution. This is a matter, this matter is going forward. We are in a live exercise here to get this right. And then Trump looks at him from the sidelines and he's overheard on the microphone and he, he retorts and says, I wish you would have told us. And I mean, like, what does that mean? But to me, that says that even Trump didn't fucking realize these guys had planned a fucking exercise. But I mean, in those words, in my opinion, means that it's a live exercise. It is a drill. It is a, it is what he says it is. The military, it's a military exercise, but they're going live with it, basically. So, um, Andy, I'll just throw to you quickly. What do you reckon? What's, I mean, like I said, I could be wrong. It could mean, maybe it means something else. But, you know, there is a Wikipedia entry there describing what a military exercise or a war game is and all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, give me your take on that, man. Am I, am I crazy here or does this more lend more credence oh, to what I'm talking about? Oh, you're not crazy. The world, the world is crazy, General, but you're not. Man, I, I look, I'm in the middle of sort of looking deeper into the geopolitical stuff and, and Trump and what's going on with the Fed and stuff like that. So I'm just like, it's a little bit premature for me to start commenting on a show, but um that's fine you don't need to comment about that geopolitical side just just with regards to to that comment and then trump's retort just just give me your take on that though uh, yeah just like once does, again at the very agencies least does it seem america odd? oh man it just seemed really really odd like it's so odd and, and like i've always known like with agencies you know like that are meant to be under the president like go off on these tangents that that the, and that the president doesn't even know has happened or is involved in it in one little bit so yeah it's just the political situation and government in general in the western economies is just absolutely out of control and has has little dark agendas going on here and there and hidden funding it's 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 amazing um doesn't surprise me one bit, um, but yeah, man, like, <laughs> weird. Hey? It's, it's incredible. It's e- just e- incredible. Ethan, what do you I have reckon? Have no words. Um, the the comments certainly interesting. I did see that uh, pop up, general, and you know, I think it's you know we can in- interpret it all day and, and type it, some of the type of cryptic meanings behind it. But what I think it it signifies was just the absolute shamble mixed messaging that has been coming from all government sources during their press conferences all across the world you're seeing things slip up here and there you're seeing people you know we're going to leave schools open but we're going to close this we're going to leave hair dresses open but we're going to close this you know no gatherings of 10 people but we're going to go do elections you know, people that are messing up the stories, Scott Morrison, you know, conflicted viewpoints between the states and the federal government. It just seems like any type of information that comes from these sources, whether it be the, the press conferences, the official videos, the advertisements online, it seems like all of it 
cannot be trusted. All of it can't be trusted when they're describing to you some of the justifications behind the instructions. Now, the instructions are important because that's what we need to pay attention to. But when you see them trying to justify just why they're rolling it all out, it just ends up in a ball of of complete hoaxery yeah. that that really just doesn't make any sense and really doesn't oh. sit well when you're trying to to figure out where this is going. And I think that it's it's almost intentionally made that way. As Orwell said, you know, political language, you know, can be distorted. The aim of it is to be distorted to the point where it's so confusing that people just tune out of it. And it seems like this could be, you know, what's going on. So I, I did see that press conference but you know in in terms of just the messaging that's going out i just can't believe that people still continue to listen to the words and take on face value the propaganda of known liars who lied to us about the iraq war who lied to us about 9-11 who lied to us about every single thing but people will just roll over and trust them mm. it's it's unbelievable mate yeah it, that and that's that just doesn't make sense so you know but you're right, out of every event that seems to crop up, there's always seems to be someone who has a slip of the tongue, you know? Someone someone <laughs> gets up on stage and, and fucks up somehow. Um, oh, Andy, are you, are you there, Andy? Oh, did you make a comment? Is that you making a comment? <laughs> oh, that was just me. Just Oh, like sorry, just something just popped up on, on the podcast on Skype. I'm like... For- some forward notes. Yeah, yeah cool. All right, keep <laughs> Sorry, going, keep Jim. going. You're right, keep going. I just, I just pop, popped up on my ear. So, um, but yeah, so this, whenever we have this sort of event, there's always someone who gets up somewhere on a podium or stage or you know in the media or whatnot and has a slip of the tongue, you know, and uh, whether it's an intentional slip or maybe they just damn right fucked up because they didn't get to the briefing in time. But um, yeah, I just found that to be very curious and to see Trump retort in that manner rather than just nod along. Or, you know, agree with what he's saying that he says, I wish you would have told us. Like, to me, that's just red flags all over the place. And that really stood out to me. So, in my mind, that lends credence to me, again, going along with the whole corona hoax thing. And if people go to realnewsaustralia.com, it's titled, Mike Pompeo admits COVID-19 is a live exercise. Trump retorts, I wish you would have told us on... uh, that was from by Shepard Ambellis. Um, so I caught that one. can't remember the source I got that one from. It might have been Twitter or something. But anyway, so he's got a, a video there you can actually watch. And on the screenshot of the video, it even they've got, you know, the, they're all sit up on the stage and on the, they've got the statistics for the coronavirus pandemic globally. You know, more than 254,000 cases, more than 10,000 deaths. Um, and then they've got the stats for the U.S., 204 deaths. I mean, the U.S. has got a population of over 330 million, and we're talking 204 deaths. Australia's got a population of, like like I said, over 25 million, nearly 26 million, 17 deaths. And yet we're locking down the whole country, the whole world, because of something that does fuck all damage to anyone. It doesn't make sense. People need to to realize more deaths. There are more deaths uh, in this country that have happened in the last... Since this happened in the last, what, three months, six months of car accidents. More people have died in car accidents. More people have died of, of heart attacks. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many things that you could attribute to the more casualties and more things happening. And I can tell you now, the fact that these stats in Australia are so low, and you can't even believe the stats um, as they are. So, any 
that's the other thing too. We mentioned it, I think, on the last show, Ethan, with regards to the false positives being something in around what eighty percent false positives. So mm-hmm. knock off 80 percent of the numbers that we're seeing of of uh, total cases, and it just goes to show you how much of an absolute nothing burger. And I've said this from the start: how much of an absolute nothing burger this fucking coronavirus actually is. It is so ridiculous that we're shutting down and doing everything, locking up this whole nation and changing, changing the country for the worst over something that is so trivial. Um, and th- you know, like I said, things have caused way more deaths than this thing, this stupid nothing burger of a coronavirus has. And yet we haven't done anything about that in the past. We haven't done, we haven't closed the borders in the past for a normal flu, which kills more people. You know, if you want to even believe that it's a flu doing this sort of stuff. But I mean, you know, I mean, every year we're supposed to we have, you know, a couple of thousand deaths from the flu in, in such a short amount of time, even six months or three months worth. There's a there's a few hundred to a few thousand deaths in this country diagnosed of influenza of some sort. And yet we never locked down the country or closed the borders or made everyone stay in home or encouraged social social distancing. We didn't do any of that. And yet this thing has done fuck all damage to anyone in this country. And look at what they've done to us. It just goes to show you, folks, that this is not about coronavirus. This is not about a pandemic. This is literally about ushering in uh, a change, uh, probably a change to the the financial system. And uh, that was the, uh, that's what it was. I, I thought to myself that this is how you would usher in a change to the global financial system, uh, you know, on a, on a worldwide, so global global scale and the national scale as well. That's why I kind of likened it to be just with regards to what was going on in the world. And then we start seeing. Um, Andy mentioned it earlier about Trump and uh, the Federal Reserve and I think all that sort of stuff going on that can't really speak on that just yet I think you're right Andy we need to keep an eye on that one because there's probably more developing there I've seen a few things happening out of that but um, that's what I kind of likened it to is this is how you you go about ushering in a a new world order and we've seen that we've seen the media promoting that we've seen former world leaders we've seen the former Prime Minister of the UK and others saying that we need a new world order because of coronavirus in those words that is not paraphrased that's how they've said those things i mean so this is this is what it's actually about that's what coronavirus is it's about ushering in a new world order Uh, i mean what goes along with that goes along with all the things we've talked about so far goes along with new monetary system um, new technocratic controls and um, i guess digital systems that are going to be in place you know we've got bill gates promoting this id 2020 system where they can um uh, i even put it up on uh the real news australia facebook page let's see if i can just quickly scroll back to that one folks so i can tell you what he was talking about but i tell you out of all these people it's old billy gates that needs to um somebody needs to off that motherfucker (laughs) i can tell you now the world will be much better off without that prick um (laughs) give him a vaccine yeah you can you can have all the vaccines billy gates if they're so safe uh but that's what he's been he's been promoting mass vaccination um, sorry, I've been posting that stuff, so I'm trying to scroll back to where it was until I find it. Um, yeah, do you? I'll just get your thoughts on that. Andy, did you want to add in? I know you're making some notes there. Did you want to actually talk about any of those things? Just while I'm searching for this. Um... Uh, no, you're right, man. Um, I just, yeah, I did, there's some interesting stuff that comes in that's sort of like probably worth like discussion, maybe maybe in some news groups like during the week. But um, it's very, very interesting. I'm seeing, um, you know, uh, mass arrests of uh, suspected pedophiles, uh, including, the, you know, the Hank saga. Um, it's very interesting what, what's happening in um, 
uh, in UK with the palace uh, with the Queen and, and Charlie and, and and these untouchables as well that they're all coming down with um, the virus um, and this is all on mainstream media. It's just it's very it's very hard to disseminate like the fact from fiction with all of this stuff, but. You know, like why? Why would the queen need to retreat retreat from the palace? Um, why would you know, why would Charlie would have to be the most pampered bloke in the world suddenly come down with coronavirus? Um, Boris there's Johnson. a lot of questions. What, what, Boris, yeah, Boris, yeah. Boris Johnson oh, apparently has coronavirus. Is that right? Yeah, yeah it's just um, all of these so-called um, people with with more money than they would, would know what to do with, and more healthcare than the, the, they would know what to do with, uh, are suddenly the sickest people you know in in their respective countries. So it's it's very very strange. Why, why are all of these CEOs suddenly being sacked or standing down? Uh, why is the business world changing so so rapidly and, and in such a you know, breathtaking pace. Um, that, that CEO there's a lot count, of Andy, that CEO on. count is something like, it's it's over like 1,300 or something. It's massive. The amount of, the yeah, amount of since, since the beginning of last year until now, well, actually, since the beginning yeah. all of last year, it's something like uh, 1,200 or something. So I think it's actually a lot more because from January until now, there's even been like 280-odd CEOs of big corporations. So just in that small, you know, three-month window there, there's massive amounts of big big wigs from big companies just bailing out going, I'm not going to deal with the repercussions of this and I don't want to be at the helm when everyone tries to, you know, steer this ship back on course. They, they just bailed out, haven't they, mate? Yeah, well, that's right. The, look, I don't know. Take your, get your boys' take on it, but there's been a strong rumor getting around with Tom Hanks basically mm. um, being uh, arrested for pedophilia and not not actually being isolated for coronavirus. So yeah, I saw a lot of that stuff you know, too. Yeah, and and like and of course you could like really throw you know Charles you know into that mix as well and. Prince Andrew and, and all the rest of them. So, you know, and, and then we kind of like segue into like the CEOs and things like, you know, is your feeling that it's kind of like the same sort of deal? Uh, are people bailing out because they're basically being exposed and giving an, a, a, an ultimatum to, to resign or be exposed? I'm just... I don't know for sure, but it seems very, very strange to me. Yeah, I've been looking at a lot of that, mate, lately, and I, yeah, look, there's a lot of stuff that does tend to lend credence to, to that kind of hypothesis, and I've been definitely been it's it's every time I see it come up, I'm like right onto it and going, wow, well, okay, what's you know what's the next thing we're seeing? I even saw pictures of, well, Tom and Tom and Rita apparently back in the in the states now. And someone was snapping some pictures of him getting off a plane, being met by the by the feds, right? And it looks from the pictures, it looks like he gets off the plane. He's holding up his arms out to the sides, not like he's having a stretch, like he's been on cooped up in a plane for a long time. But he's like he's and he turns around, like he's got pictures of him facing the other way or something too, like he's had to show that he's not armed, like he's. You know, like he's about to have a pat down, in a sense, you know what I mean? Like, that's the look of it. I could be wrong, it could just be silliness, I don't know, but 
you know, it just seemed very odd. Like, you know, when you get out of a plane, you you, arch, you, know, you, you bend your bed, your back, you put your hands in the lower back and you bend backwards, you know, you ever do a stretch, you twist, you know, you do all that sort of stuff and you get off a long flight or a long car drive. But he's there, arms, legs spread, arms to the side, and he's met there by some feds. So I thought that was pretty Why, <laughs> pretty why would the feds be meeting with well, him? Well, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. Oh, so that was the latest info so... I saw come out. But yeah, it's really odd, man. Um it's really odd. I do like to, um, as you boys know, I do like a good hypothesis and I like to theorize a bit, and that's a good theory, man. I, with all those CEOs and big wigs of all these big organizations, even even some big wigs of Disney have been pulling the pin and leaving, jumping ship, you know. Um, some of the biggest um, corporations in the world are seeing uh, mass CEOs resigning and, and just leaving. Uh, and maybe you're right, maybe these people are part of the cabal and they've been caught out in, in pedophilia rings and they've been said, they've been given that ultimatum, you leave that position right now, um, otherwise, you know, we'll make, we'll turn this into a massive scandal and I don't know if they're going to be disappeared or arrested. Uh, I've seen some, uh, some documentation coming out where they've filed, um, like civil suits against these all these corporations and it's been entered into into the courts in i think la county somewhere um i'll have to find the exact one and i'll share it with you later after the show but yeah i thought that was pretty interesting and there's all these um all these names on it that they've named and it's and it's actually been entered you know it's been accepted as a as a lawsuit basically so it's not something that they thought it was a joke and and, and you know let go of or ignored um, so we'll have to see what comes of that, I guess, too. But I don't know, Ethan, uh, we'll feel free to, to theorize on this one. There's nothing concrete here, I guess, for this one, man. But what are your thoughts? Have you seen any of that sort of stuff about all the CEOs leaving en masse and these big corporations and um, all, the, all the suspected arrests and arrest warrants that have been issued for all these suspected or known pedophiles? Have you seen any of that sort of stuff? Yeah, I have, General. Um, I've obviously, as you mentioned, I like to obviously theorize a lot of perspectives. I've I've been wrong about things in the past, and it's always good to to challenge your beliefs and look at other types of things that are happening. So I've been paying attention. You know, there's all the big theories out there about the China Trump economic political war that could be happening. All of this stuff that could be happening behind the scenes. Um, for me, um, you know, and my members will particularly know this. I you know I, I do have a, a philosophy of you know the the of Obviously, understanding the showmanship and the fakeness of politics, you know, the professional wrestling heel versed face scriptwriters that make up both sides of politics that just pretend to be at war with each other, which are being controlled by the same elements. And also the, you know, the prevalence of, of media manipulation. And so with with that, you know, I find it very hard to pay attention and, and, and try to, to formulate opinions based off of, of those things that are happening. And one of the key reasons for that is because, and this has to do with the reaction, one of the things that I've been very critical about over the last six months is the role of alternative media in pushing in, in a so-called alternative way the same narrative as the mainstream media, not just through fear-based programming and through keeping people in a state of trauma to get revenue and, and advertisement and, and viewership off them, but in a sense that they act, a lot of these gatekeepers and these fake news organisations which are a part of the play, all of these researchers out there that then parrot all of the information, I think it's a, 
from the reaction, I'm seeing two things. I'm seeing, well, it's a it's a it's a takedown of the cabal. This is all everything's going to be okay. Just sit put, and, and the cabal's being taken out right now. And the other thing I'm seeing is, well, this is a biological weapon that's been released, and <laughs> you know, this is our this is our governments trying to keep us in because they're going to win this real war against China, who released it. And to me, the red flag is that both of those narratives, which are being pushed by major researchers around the world from alternative media, is that, no, everything's good. We shouldn't fight back against this lockdown because it's good. We need to stay in the house because a biological weapon has been released or we need to stay in the house and just go along with the plans of QAnon and the takedown of the cabal. But what what are we doing in that scenario, we're sitting and waiting for the solution. Mm. Now, are these people confident that this solution really is a positive one in that aspect? I'm not too sure. For me, the evidence of this emerging brave new world order that Huxley described in Brave New World through the technocratic state, through social engineering, through transhumanism, through all of these things that have been emerging that we've been covering, it seems more likely that we're heading to that place rather than, you know, this scenario of a legitimate geopolitical thing that's happening. I think that Trump and all of these actors are put there to not only get the dumb masses to play dumb, but to also do a side element of acting for all of the critical, so-called critical thinkers out there so that they can achieve their same goals but it's directed through a message that they will understand. So it's a big topic, but that's sort of my general thoughts you on know, it there, I, mate. I agree because there's, and I love, you know, I like to keep my finger on the pulse and, and see what information is floating about out there. But you're right, I this whole, you know, this cue, this anon stuff, and you know, I don't support their conclusions. Um but you know, I'd like to try and make my own conclusions about because you can't even you not, can't necessarily trust that information. It's just you know we don't know the source, we don't really know where it's coming from. But I do find it interesting that that sort of stuff is out there. I you know I'll make up my own mind on it. Thank you very much. You know with regards to their conclusions because you're right. Those conclusions are sit tight, we'll get through this. Don't do anything. You know I'm like well <laughs> no <laughs> no that that doesn't sit right doesn't sit well with me at all. Yeah, that's not how you not should at be all. encouraging people. <laughs> like, fuck, sit there and fucking take it in the ass. Like, seriously, no, no. Like, you, that, you're going about it the wrong way. Um, you know, so that's why I I like to look at all that information and, and take it on board. But I definitely don't follow their conclusions with regards to it because I do think, um, yeah, they're leading them down the garden path with that sort of stuff. Um, but definitely, I think I do encourage people out there to just be open to it and be open to seeing what's going on and maybe trying to, you know, work out because you do get some good nuggets of information out there. You know, I mean, like I, I wouldn't have known anything about all of these CEOs leaving on mass of all these companies. If, if people hadn't actually started putting, you know, links to it up there on, you know, there was like mainstream media links like from Bloomberg and stuff that were covering it going, Hey, wow, what's with all these, you know, CEOs leaving their jobs. And, you know, so like, it's not fake. Like that's actually real. Like there's actually mainstream media sort of even, even questioning it, but couldn't provide any answers. They're just questioning it and going, what's going on and actually sort of highlighting it. So 
there is there is good information out there, and that's the sort of stuff you got to kind of take on board and you filter. Yeah. You, know, you got to filter out and make up your own mind and things, and don't necessarily just jump on board with with those conclusions of especially if it, if it doesn't sit right in your gut, then don't go with it. You know, and that's why I looked at it and went, yeah, that sort of conclusion doesn't sit well with me. So, um, yeah. yeah, and that's a good that's a good perspective to have. You know, that's the same thing that I get. You know, from my research, it just doesn't sit well with me that, you know, like. It, 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 it goes back to this old measure of divide and conquer, but through this fake, um, you know, political establishment by saying that there's a so-called geopolitical war that could lead to a military war and all these things. It encourages people to be on the side of the Australian government or the American government or whatever country that they're in. It, 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 it divides people into this tribalism, this nationalist state of their nations when people don't realize that every single one of these governments are all in on the same picture. It's all a big sham. It's all a big hoax at the end of the day. It's all a big theater. And so through this, we're encouraged to trust the Australian government. We're encouraged to trust in Trump. We're encouraged to trust in just sitting here and waiting for our noble victors, Trump and the establishment to take out the evil elements of the other establishment you know are you seeing a key here it's all elements of the establishment we are not a part of the establishment as george carlin said it's a big club and and we're not in it so why would we trust anything that they're saying but again as you said general it's it's obviously important to keep an open mind and i think that as this intensifies i think that there will be elements where we see these characters like the chinese government you know, making moves and there will be takeovers through this remodeling, which may look like there's a war going on. But again, that's just going to continue to add to this narrative to distract people away from the fact that a brave new world is coming and people are pretty much just rolling over and allowing it to happen, mate. Yeah, yeah, spot on, man. Um, Andy, does you, does that resonate with you as well, man? Like you you, you kind of get where Ethan's coming from it with does. regards to that? You know, <clears throat> Oh, totally. Look, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm always said I have no faith in any politician whatsoever. So anyone thinking that a politician is going to uh, do anything good is just delusional. Um, Trump is such an interesting character, you know, like he's such a different politician to any of the puppets well, in the he's UK. Not, he's not a career Australia. politician. He's a businessman, you know. Yeah, yeah. And one thing that has, like, um, come across my desk in the last couple of days is this thing on the 12th of April that Trump is saying that he wants to open up America for Easter and, yeah, and, it's sort of, and this is this is confusing me a bit too because it kind of like is running directly against the narrative as well so mm. I've got the feeling uh, my first feeling was like Trump's like looking at it going oh shit okay like this is we can't crush the company we can't crush the Western world over this thing. We have to, like, try and reverse this a little bit. We, You know, like, I think more than anyone, Trump would realise that this thing is, is fake, is completely, complete BS. So I think I get the feeling I could be completely wrong and I might, and I might be seen here to be going against what Ethan's saying, but, like, what I'm, what I'm thinking with Trump's, speech and his reaction with Easter and opening up for Easter is that I feel like a little bit of panic has come into the man 
and that he's thinking, this is getting a bit out of hand. If we keep going the way that we're going with crushing the economies of the Western nations, they'll be, we'll burn everything to the ground and we've got to do at least something. That's, I could be completely wrong, but that's, that's, the, that's the body language and that's what came out of the man's mouth. So I that's, don't know. That's I'm, the vibe I'm, you'll the get, ju- The jury's still out in my mind as to what's going there. It's a bit confusing. I think we need to let this play out for maybe another week to come up to like, you know, to, to see exactly what's going on here. But that's, that's the feeling. And why would a president come out and say, we really need to get the country going, we really need to open up for Easter? Because, man, he is under absolute assault for, for these comments. He is getting an absolute belting over, the, over how dare he, you know, open up the country again for Easter. You know, so many people mm. are going to die, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So he's... He's come out and said this, so it's it's you know politically it's very very interesting. Yeah, and I don't know what the motivation is for it. Uh, you know, anyway. Yeah, and I don't so, think we can ever. I don't think we should should ever actually turn any of this sort of stuff off. Like I think you've still got to be open to taking on board the stuff that we're seeing coming out of the mainstream media, stuff that we're seeing from independent sources and alternative news and all that sort of stuff. You've still got to take it all in so we can then filter through it, work out what's actually going on and come up with our own, you know, I guess not narrative, but decision, uh, conclusion, I should say, of what actually it all means. Because if, you, if you're not allowing all the different information sources to come through, then you're doing yourself a disservice. So even that, and that does include, unfortunately, you know, mainstream media here in Australia. I think the only, the only, you shouldn't watch it to gain information as to how to live your life. You should look at it to fucking try and work out what they're doing to us. That's what. That's the only reason why you should look at it, and and you know, knowing it, knowing before you're looking at it and before you're watching it that, that none of this stuff is possibly true or that it's misinformation or propaganda or whatnot. But you got to at least see what they're doing because you need to know the the players in the game, so to speak. You know what I mean? Before you can make your moves. Um, yeah. Look, 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 this is something I've been... I mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast, boys, which is this ID2020. Now, have you guys heard of this this alliance this um, that, that that's formed and, and what it's about? Do you know anything about ID2020? Because Bill Gates is sort of behind this as well. Negative. Okay, so it's part of the... See, the it's called the ID2020 Alliance, uh, which was launched late last year. Uh, and... Uh, it's basically all about digital identifications and stuff, right? So this is out of uh, a website. I don't even know how to pronounce this. It's pymnts.com. ID2020, what's needed for a digital identity in 2020? I'll just read you a few little bits and pieces from this article, right? It says, who we are and where we're headed and what it all looks like on the other side of the pandemic are topics on everyone's mind right now. So are vaccines. So is online shopping with urgency. All of these subjects share a commonality, IDs. In commerce, knowing and verifying who's on the other side of a transaction can mean the difference between a retailer making a sale to a loyal customer or a fraudster. For the government, IDs can be a way to make sure individuals get the services they need, such as medical care and vaccines. So this whole ID 2020 thing is about digital identifications 
for, I guess, the establishment to know who you are. And it's also about tracking and tracing and making sure you're up to date with all your vaccines and stuff. Hence, Bill Gates being tied into it. It says, we're barely a quarter into 2020 and already it feels as if several lifetimes have been packed into just under three months. The COVID-19 pandemic has brought home the realities of a sea change in commerce and in healthcare and in the digitization of, well, everything. So we sort of spoke about that before, boys. Uh, uh, I'll just skip forward a little bit because it rattles on a little bit here about biometric data and, and unique biometric identifiers, even with using digital documents. So, fuck, I don't know how that's going to work. Chips under the skin or who knows. Um, just down the bottom of the article here, a computerized version of identity may gain special urgency as COVID-19 continues to threaten public health. Tracking vaccines certainly will be important in ending pandemics now and in the future. That's part of the ID2020 Alliance, which launched late last year and which has a joint efforts in place with the government of Bangladesh and the Vaccine Alliance, Gavi, among others. In an announcement upon the launch, ID2020 Executive Director Dakota Gruner said, Digital ID is being defined and implemented today, and we recognize the importance of a swift action to close the identity gap. As noted in this space, immunization is serving as a platform for digital IDs. I don't know how, but anyway. Tied to birth registration and vaccinations to provide newborns with biometrically underpinned digital identity. So there you go. That's a massive part of what the agenda is coming forward, boys. Spells it out for you right there. So look into that one. Search that one, guys. ID2020. You'll find a slew mm. of information with regards to that. And you'll find old Billy Gates boy there at the helm as well. Well <laughs> and truly tied into it. Yeah. It's certainly interesting with this story, General, the ID2020, because we've seen such a massive shift, obviously, towards digital identification and also the introduction of biometric systems over the last two decades in these countries. And it seems like this is the path that it's headed you know we've always theorized this for a long time this this um you know surveillance to the point where they're going to be able to track things such as this to track your movements to track whether you've had vaccines to track your medical records all of these um, technological aspects and what really got me about this id 2020 thing general just in relation to what's happening with coronavirus and whatnot this essence of a new technological brave new world that's coming out mm-hmm. aldous huxley the one of the main themes of brave new world is that each baby is genetically engineered at birth to serve a purpose each baby that comes out on the production line the embryos are injected with vaccines and that's what forms the class of workers within the control state so doesn't this seem very serially similar uh, similar rather mm. doesn't this seem eerily similar it seems like it's just fitting the exact same pattern you know they're talking about you know vaccinating babies at birth with tracking devices you know who's not to say that these systems won't complex in nature and, and increase in the future you know it's a very it's a very eerie line that we're we're following with this id 2020 thing and this push for everyone's begging for the covid19 vaccination and it seems like this might be a big part of this this emerging world general mm, yeah absolutely man um 
That's yeah. Like we've just they said they said that the my gov ID is going to start trialing facial recognition. That's right. This you, year. you put that up on your on your page. You want to just take us through that one? Have you got that handy by any chance? Uh yeah, so I've got it I've got it on the website now, but the basic gist of it is MyGov, which is obviously the central service now for all of the online government portals. So you can access Centrelink, the Australian Taxation Office, all of these services through Health MyGov. Records. Yeah, health records, all of this stuff is is through MyGov. Now MyGov ID is a new program that they've been uh, testing they've been trialing in a private setting behind the scenes for the last 12 months now which is going to replace this service and one of the key features of it is you know you you're not going to be having to log in with 100 points of id and all of these um, things that you need to prove that that's you with mygov what you're going to be doing in the future is you're going to be scanning your face to log in to government services now isn't it interesting that we've now just had mass job losses in this country and there's people lining up for Centrelink out the door? It's funny that they announced this right around the time that this was all happening, that they're going to begin facial recognition trials mm -hmm. for this program. It seems to all tie up, General. It seems like it's all uh, following a familiar pattern here and that, that pattern is, is going towards what we've spoken about for years, this biometric dystopia that uh, Orwell and Huxley describe about. Yeah, and you can even just, I guess, take that up to the next tier, which is really just a, the new world order, which will be a, a technocracy. It's it's a, you know governed by the technate, you know, mm, um, because absolutely. that's what it is. it's all about. This digital identity and this, like I just mentioned before, this this ID twenty twenty thing. It all all of that is fitting into the same agenda. It's all falling under the same thing. And yes, how convenient that uh, MyGov ID, you know, this facial recognition thing gets rolled out for trials right when they know, they knew they were going to fucking have everyone out of work and lining up at Centrelink, you know. So um, I do find it funny that their whole system came crashing to a halt because they couldn't quite keep up with the numbers because it's a shit system. Um, <laughs> if anyone's ever used a government system like that, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's built to not be user-friendly. Um, so I guess that'll even, maybe that's all part of the plan as well to, oh, look, now you can just log on with your face and it's much easier to do all this and, you know, we can access who you are and everything real quickly. Um, tailored, tailored, just tailored to suit your digital identity. So, you know, <laughs> uh, it's good. Mate. It's for security, mate. Convenience. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's going to make us all safe, you know, because that's what, that's what the solution will be. Yeah. This, this pandemic will be. Like, let's say a scenario where economies collapse, you know, they're already pushing for, you know, the only solution out of this is is a world government, is for nations to come together. They're talking about this at the G20 now. Let's say this does happen. And let's say that they use the propaganda to express the notion that, well, this pandemic was so devastating to to prevent something like this ever happening again, we're going to have to track you through microchips that are in the vaccines, through surveillance, facial recognition, biometric systems, we're going to have to track you all so that some guy doesn't go off and eat a bat or this person isn't acting irrationally or this person isn't acting in a behaviour that could threaten the species once again. Mm. I believe that this could be a likely um, you know, scenario that emerges with the way that this propaganda is going. And I think that vaccines just as people are being trained to hate people that question the virus, 
anyone that refuses their vaccines that are coming in the next year or so, they're going to be the terrorists of the state then. So vaccines have a huge part to do with it. And the fact that this ID 2020 is coming out general, I think it's, I don't think we should just sweep this under the rug. I think this is pretty significant. Absolutely. Heard it here first, folks. Just remember that. <laughs> uh, all right, boys. I want to just, just shift gear just quickly because I wanted to just... I was trying to look for this, these stats I had before when I was mentioning how uh, so many more people have died from you know all different things so far this year, right, with regards to the deaths of COVID-19, right? So when this was published on the 19th of March, so about 10 days ago, right? The death count for, well, the (laughs) listed death count for COVID-19 was about 19,000, right? So, so far in the world, statistics-wise, I just want to give people a little bit of a perspective here, because that's what it's about. You know, if you understand the perspective of how much of a nothing burger this is and what other things are really causing damage, then you'll you'll actually, maybe that'll trigger something in your mind to say, well, you know what I mean? Maybe they're right. Why are they locking down the entire country for something that's such a, that's it really doesn't mean, it's quite meaningless. So perspective-wise, perspective-wise, folks, how about this one for you? 71,000 mothers have died during childbirth so far this year worldwide. The seasonal flus have killed apparently 112,000 people worldwide so far. Malaria, 225,000 people worldwide. Suicides so far this year, in 2020, have killed nearly 250,000 people. Automobile accidents worldwide, 310,000. Uh, smoking, 100 and uh, sorry, 1.1 million. Children, uh, sorry, starvation, around 1.7 million people. Cancer has killed 1.8 million people. Heart disease, 2.1 million people. Other communicable diseases, 2.9 million. And guess which one is being used to crash the economy and usher in a medical martial law? Yes. COVID-19, <laughs> which has killed less or around about 20,000 people, if we are to even believe the numbers. So it just goes to show you, folks, how insignificant coronavirus actually is. Um, whether it's any of the other strains of coronavirus it's, that's apparently out there or this COVID-19, which is so deadly that the UK government has downgraded its deadliness. So there you go. Um, wake up, folks. We're, uh, we're being lied to. Mm. <laughs> uh, crazy, eh? So all that, all those other com- other communicable diseases, you know, from, I guess, what, friggin' TB or syphilis or whatever else, nearly 3 million deaths worldwide, and yet where the entire world is grinding to a halt because of something that's not doing fuck all. Um, So clearly it's not about coronavirus, folks. Clearly it's not about coronavirus. This is about ushering in a a new world order. And uh, that's what I'm actually worried about. Not worried about coronavirus. It's the uh, repercussions or the reaction to coronavirus, which I, you know, put up an article a couple of weeks ago about it. Um... The other thing I wanted to just quickly touch on, so I didn't write this one. Um, lovely lady by the name of Maya Regler posted this. It was an op-ed piece which I asked her for permission to, to put up, and she said yes. I won't go through the whole thing, but um, it is titled The Price of Fear. So um, I want everyone to sort of just have a read of that, um, and you know, you'll know, you kind of uh, 
that's probably a worthy a worthy one to kind of share amongst friends and family members and maybe it'll um shake uh, shake a few things loose in, in the old brains up there of the people who are believing everything they're seeing and when they realize that uh we're being you know we're being uh controlled with fear fear of uh, something that we don't need to fear then uh, kind of really uh, puts everything into perspective then maybe people will actually start asking questions then um boys we've gone right around a half now i might just begin to start winding things up with some final thoughts and anything else you wanted to bring up before we do and we can go a little bit more on that but uh andy i'll, I'll just throw to yourself brother um I mean, what else? What are some other things that you you've sort of noted in the last two weeks that you kind of wanted to just bring up that maybe you've been sitting on the tip of your brain? There, I mean, we're seeing things like the demonization of cash. Have you noticed that one, mate? Where you know a lot of businesses. I, I've seen it myself. I often pop into a Seven Eleven when I'm out. You know, I grab a bite for lunch or something because the sandwiches are actually pretty good, boys. If you want good sandwiches, go to Seven Eleven. Um, but uh, you know, they've got signs at the registers. I've noticed now in certain Seven Eleven stores where they're saying. If because they can't say you can't accept cash, but they've said if you can, can you please pay with card and not cash? That's what they're telling their customers. So I just pay with cash every fucking time. So fuck them. But um, yeah, have you noticed things like that, Andy? Any other stuff that's been um, cropping up you wanted to mention, brother? Yeah. Look, obviously that's it. I mean, you know, like I've, we've always said, um, central banks, banking systems, um, like uh, pharmaceutical and oil companies, really run this country. So doesn't surprise me one bit that they want us to all uh, use our credit cards for every single purchase, including buying sandwiches. So it's just more of the same rollout, man. Um, using the excuse of having a, a virus on your on your plastic money notes is like just absolutely pathetic. But um, uh, look, some of my notes over the weekend that I've sort of put in there, like um, uh, more to this fear porn that's going on um, it was interesting how uh, suddenly um, measles epidemic has suddenly uh, doesn't exist anymore. Um, the uh, terrorist ISIS and all of those problems <laughs> around the world don't exist anymore. <laughs> Good point. Um, you know, and it's all about all about our new terrorists, our invisible one that's just taken over absolutely everything. So. So, yeah, our, our big bad terrorists in the Middle East there may must have been given, like, um, some leave. They must be on, like, holiday, like, or maybe they're on, like, you know, like their, their 10-year, you know, like, term or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah so they're, they're all having a, having a break. Um, well, one thing, uh, too, that came up, too, um, from Reliable Source with um, the Italian um, deaths is, like, um, the actual data is, is I, I really think it's completely screwed, screwed up. And um, the actual, uh, like, coronaviruses are actually ILI from my research, which is influenza-like symptoms actually is, like, lumped in with people who have died with so-called ILI are uh, lumped in with, coronavirus victims as well mm, there you go. and the actual deaths for the actual population of the country is pretty normal um yeah so they're basically what we're being told here is older people who basically their lives expire you know usually usually by pneumonia or a 
a flu or a cold or something like that. That's generally how older people expire. Correct. Um, is, Absolutely correct. Is from is from ILI. So once again, like you know, it's easy to manipulate data. You know, like oh, big for an agenda, and and that's that's what's happening there. So please, people, don't get freaked out by what's happening in Italy. I'm really quite cons- really you know certain that. The, the data has a big question mark all over it, you know. So let's let's get some proper proper evidence there before we start panicking. Um, we didn't get a chance to to touch on it, but maybe in a later show, um, you know, five G coronavirus and this whole problem, like, you know, there is some links there that need to be explored as well. Um, the Fed, yeah, we touched on that a little bit. Um, we can get into that deeper later. Yeah, I think we're more info comes um, out about that stuff. We, we might talk about yeah. that because it's a bit early days. Otherwise, yeah. we're, just, we're just shooting from the hip. It's yeah. that one there. Yeah. Uh, you know, like uh, one thing, um, the latest death, I, I, I laughed to myself, was a 91-year-old lady um, <laughs> that passed away, you know, like, I mean, the poor old love, but like seriously, come on. Yeah, um, she's ninety-one. Like she's gonna. She's ninety-one. Who's to say you know, she could have? Yeah, she could have. If there's, there was no coronavirus stuff at the moment, she could have just been. This was her time. You know what I mean? Like seriously, just, just, just her time, man. You know, like it's just insane. Uh, and one thing, you know, the the Liberal Party. And I know it's all BS, but like the Liberal Party, could you think of a worse possible stimulus by doubling um, New Start? or unemployment benefits to stimulate the, the economy. So we basically rely on the unemployed people of this country to actually be responsible for kick-starting our economy by doubling their income. I mean, seriously, you, you couldn't make it up if you're more stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just shake my head in absolute disbelief. Why wouldn't, if you were a so-called Liberal Party for, you know, for like, you know, like you're meant to represent business and, and small business and, and all the rest. Why couldn't you possibly give like business in this country or a small business a bit of a leg up and give some sort of, a, you know, like a, a, a cash boost to functioning businesses out here? Maybe give them, you know, five or ten percent of their last last year's taxable turnover or something like that. Well, I think you Ethan know, mentioned it on the last one, Andy, that by giving all the 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 you know jobless all this money, all they're going to do is go and spend it on in the big corporations. And it's basically a handout to the big corporations because they're the ones who are going to get the money when they spend it all on that shit. Of course. Yeah. I bet that Dan Murphy's... Dan yeah. Murphy's would be like salvinating at the whole thing. Yeah, you know, it's, but, like, it's not going to help and, small businesses like you said. You know? Nah, not at all. No, it's just to me that was so disappointing and uh, mm. so predictable. Actually, where are they getting that money um, from? Eh, you know, <laughs> fuck. Well, they just it's not like invented on a fucking treasure. computer. Yeah, yeah, just a few more keystrokes, man. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's my three minute rant, general. I like but, it, mate. Um, yeah, thanks, brother. Thanks, Andy. Uh, Ethan, uh, yeah, I'll throw to you, bro. Um, anything else you wanted to bring up? Feel free to go as long as you want. But anything else you wanted to sort of tie off or bring up, man? That you've noticed? Yeah, yeah, no, thanks, General. No, not not particularly. I think 
at the present stage, I think with the information and the unfolding that's happening, I think we've got a pretty good grasp on everything that we can at the present time. You know, I think we've done a good job of that since it first started, you know, as it's escalated, sort of discussing more in-depth topics. And now that it's really gone past that line of, of just a regular event, I think we're doing good to really just seal off and, and really just put that, that final um, nail in the lid uh, to to expose the coronavirus hoax itself. I think what we've got to focus on going forward to everyone is is where does this go? I think everyone needs to really just have a look at the notion that maybe this isn't temporary. Maybe things aren't going to return to normal. Maybe all of these CEOs stepping down and Bill Gates leaving Microsoft and all of these things were for a reason. Maybe the old world is coming to an end and, and what's going to replace it is is things that we've been talking about for for a number of years now and i'm sure our listeners are aware of it so i think for me and especially what we're doing on the membership um, part of my side is just trying to to prepare for this in in whatever way may happen as i said i don't think it's going to be one of those um, enforcements where there's going to be military shooting people in the street and mass chaos. I don't think the New World Order is born out of that. I think the New World Order is just born out of pushing people through propaganda into new environments and, and, and all they need to do is adapt. And in a couple of generations, those people won't know about the old world. Yeah. I think that's what's happening before our eyes. And I think that either way, we need to prepare... Too. Yeah, incrementally over time to the point where people just accept this because they've they've normalized mass media manipulation. Mm. They've normalized this spirit, you know, this this collective nature of us believing in ourselves as a nation and believing in spirit and morals and progression. Now we just trust government for all of that. Now we just trust the authorities to look after us. And I think that that has all led to this point where this this mass propaganda, this mass centralised directive that's coming from the UN, that's funnelling down through countries, I think that this one has really got the people. And, you know, we could be wrong. It could be over in a couple of months. But for me, I think now's the time to start thinking about what we're going to do moving forward. You know, I've got some ideas and, and, I, and I think to start, we have to, to prepare, we have to understand and theorise what type of scenarios could emerge. So I think we've done what we can in this episode trying to to figure that out. But as I said, I don't think anyone confidently knows. And I think that anyone that tells you that they confidently know really is is trying to deceive you because there's so many ways that this could go. And and again, I, I, I'm ready for, for whatever comes. And I, I hope that everyone out there too, you know, they take the time to to really just prepare, you know, connect with your with your neighbours, connect with your family, try and, and stock up, be innovative about it. Don't just go to the, the normal chains, try and get some security and, and, and just ride out the storm because I think the propaganda is extremely strong with this. And, and I think it's too crucial to be, um, you know, taking it lightly because the world could very well change in a big way and, and it seems like we're on that track. So keep pushing the coronavirus hoax. I think, you know, there's enough evidence now for us to realise that this is completely false. But where is this going? Um, you know, it's it's anyone's guess and, and, and what we're going to do here is, is, is stay on top of it. Our websites let you know anything that is happening as we always do and and I think that's our best weapon, mate, just to be on top of the information going forward for, for whatever's on the way. Yep, so those are my final thoughts. Thanks, man. Um, 
just just on on what you said there um i, I just don't want people to get the wrong impression because where you said you know yeah we've talked about what's happened we've exposed it as the hoax that it is you know we need to talk about and work out what we're doing moving forward um and just want i guess i don't want to be speaking for you but that doesn't necessarily mean we just acquiesce and accept i guess our fate so to speak you know what i mean like uh, i just I'm, I'm guessing that's not what you meant by that yeah uh, well, some people have that um, perspective. Um, you know, I, I privately and, and, and through the membership section or website have, have, have made it pretty clear that, um, that the programming is too strong. There's not going to be a, an awakening of the masses. And the only way to resist this plan is to resist it within our own little, you know, truther communities and our own little informed communities because yeah. that's the way it's been through history. That's the way it's always been. Um, and I just don't see that there's going to be some grand awakening of, of the masses. You know, look how easily they're rolling over and accepting all of this. You know, I, I don't think oh, there's no. there's I much evidence to, to accept it. it. You're right, man. They are. And and I don't. And again, I don't want I don't want to be the negative Nancy. That's why I keep this information behind a private wall to discuss with people because I don't want to put that message out there, that negative message. But at the end of the day, we do have to be objective. There's There's been so many hoaxes, so many scams, so much mass programming over the years and nothing has, has occurred. And now when we're entering potentially one of the most critical phases of this plan, potentially, you know, and again, we could be wrong, but if it is true, you know, I don't think our energy should be spent trying to to awaken these people. As I've said, they're being trained to militantly oppose your views. And it's going to get to a point where the harder you try to do that, the worse it's going to be for you. So, again, not trying to be negative. I'm actually really positive about this because the people that know what what is happening, we're in the best position to change it. This new world order isn't coming for us. This new world order is coming for the masses around us. So I think we need to make that that type of distinction. But yeah, for, for me personally, um, you know, I don't yeah, I don't see that there's there's anything changing for the narrative. I mm. think in a way we do have to accept it, but that doesn't mean accepting our fate. I think that means just accepting that there's forces out there, there's a there's a level of propaganda and control that's that's going to continue this plan regardless of what we do i think the evidence clear of that and i think that the signs are there from you know potentially good forces for us to to prepare and to get out and avoid all of this or at least potentially take advantage of it so i see what you're saying again again it's a, it's a big topic it is and i i hear what you're saying i yeah it definitely resonates and um definitely definitely respects um you know your decisions and what you come to and stuff and i mean i'm not saying i disagree at all i actually do agree with what you're saying it's it's very hard to admit it um especially coming from you know two grumpy old guys like me and andy i guess Andy, i don't know if you feel the same man but it's hard to admit defeat you know what i mean it's hard to admit that we you can't wake up everyone you can't reach the masses you know that we're fighting a force that's um, exponentially much more powerful and bigger and has the, the, uh, the, the their hand around the throat of the world and you know there's only a few people that like us that seem to slip through their fingers um, and not enough uh, not enough people are waking up although there are plenty there are lots you know like it just I just wish that they would be a bit more vocal and uh, you know 
come together a little bit more and you know i guess join up with with uh, folks like us in uh in maybe if, if they realize we are a bit more of a bigger thought and that's one of the things i kind of thought was that maybe maybe we were reaching a bit more of a tipping point maybe it was getting to the point where they're like well there's two you know who's to know what analytical and algorithms they've got running on on the on the communications of the world but you know I dare say they probably could even be listening to us live right now, but, you know, considering this is over one of their platforms of Skype, but, you know, I mean, like, they, they might be able to gauge this on a real-time level of the, I guess, the, oh, for lack of a better term, the, the, the awakeness of, of, of the world, you know what I mean? And maybe we were starting to reach that point, and we hit one of their benchmarks, and went, and they went, well, now we've got to flick the switch, because there are too many of them are waking up, we need to put them back to sleep, and put them back under control i don't know there's a part of me that yeah. thinks that maybe that was the case and this is why we're seeing this now because i've always wondered why now you know why is this happening now i mean it just seemed to be that it was still too far off and i know folks like chris you know Addy was was having those same feelings like he thought this was a few more years down the track yet and it just seemed very odd that the timing was that they've flipped that switch now you know what i mean um i yeah. just couldn't quite work out why now maybe they that's what i mean is it because there was too many maybe they maybe there was and they've they were keeping an eye on the numbers and went fuck this we've got to bump this bump up the timetable a bit because um you know there's too many of them getting to that point the tipping point we need to you know swing the scales back in our direction and this is what we're this is what we're seeing maybe i don't know that's just uh something yeah. i've been suspecting perhaps because it does seem the timing seems weird man um I it can't does answer, i can't answer to it i just don't know why um but my gut tells me that maybe there was just too many because i have noted man over the last two years or so i reckon there's been a lot more people a lot more reach a lot more people in these groups a lot more groups in general popping up and talking about stuff and you know what i mean like there's a lot more people getting fed up with what they're seeing on TV and a lot more people getting a bit, you know, coming, catching on to the bullshit, you know what I mean? So uh, now all of a sudden, like you said, they've flicked that switch and the new boogeyman is the invisible one we can't see of a virus because nothing else was working. You know, terrorism wasn't working. Nuclear threats weren't working in the past anymore, you know what I mean? So people keep waking up to stuff, but now they've got this virus pandemic that's, which they're using and they're playing it out of the handbook to a T, and um, they've all of a sudden, everyone sort of went back to sleep and went, you know, started obeying the master again, you know. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that is a, that's a really good point to bring up. And and again, you know, I think I think it's important to know my perceptions of the masses were sort of established before this event happened. And again, we haven't seen an event like this sort of in history to, to sort of said, yeah. yeah to sort of base it off so again you know there's all of these elements of if it does get worse you know maybe there is an inherent human nature in people that might break the programming you know once you get backed into a corner once you you know like even even the dumbest creatures if you poke them enough they realize they're in danger and they either strike back or run away mm. you know it doesn't really matter the intelligence of the creature eventually they're going to recognize that danger mm. so this could potentially happen with this event if it continues to get you know worse and worse and things get to more you know get to a point where it's more socially unrestful you know potentially and, and i do think that there is good argument to that i think for me for me with the whole you know this tipping point notion which i have heard for me, I, I don't believe it's the audience that's responsible for that. What I think is, is has happened if there is a tipping point that they're trying to roll out, because, again, it does seem very fast-paced and very suspicious that it's all coming out very sloppily and, and all of these things. seems like they're accelerating some type of plan. But for me, 
Like, I don't think, I think that, yes, even though the truth community is growing, I think, again, and these were preconceived notions, I think that a lot of them, all they do is parrot the information of the people that they're researching. I don't think they do much genuine research themselves, looking at the studies, looking at the evidence. They just sort of, you know, watch YouTube videos and just believe what's being said. So I don't think the audiences were a threat. What I think has happened is potentially there could be the fact that there are some real critical thinkers that are running these platforms that are starting to emerge and they're starting to get control back of the alternative realm from these type of gatekeeping, fear-mongering uh, peddlers in the alternative scene. So I think that that seems like a more likely scenario that the reach that some of these intellectuals, you know, we're seeing fakeologists, John Le Bon, all of these people out there that are really pushing some very critical information, our websites, our podcasts. I don't think it's more the audience. I think it's could potentially be that they're worried about the influence that these particular figures could have if they continue to grow, mm, you know? Definitely if they, inf if, influence is a key there, yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think it's like, you know, like people, uh, you know, people don't, uh, with Christianity, you know, it's not the mass that's the um, the awe of it. It's the control that the Pope has over his masses, you know. So it, it's mm. not necessarily the audience. It's it's the fact that one man could tell one billion people to do something if he wanted. Now, they don't have to worry about that with all the gatekeepers in there on the alternative scene just telling you, oh, no, it's just, it's just geopolitics. It's just this and that. Don't worry about it. But what happens when some critical thinkers come through and start to say, well, hey, you know the coronavirus is a hoax, right? You know none of this exists. That could be the threat there. Now, is is that what, what's happened? I don't know. Again, we're just theorizing all of this stuff, but, yeah. but I, I, think, it's it's, I think it is very interesting. That, that's a big part of it is you don't need to wake up an entire population. You need to only wake up a certain amount of people and have a certain amount of people then have influence they need you need the the influential people to wake up because they're the ones that have all the followers like you know like that's why we call these people social media influencers because there's yeah. that many mindless drones that follow these people you know what i mean so they'll 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 they're like the queen bees in a hive they'll do what they're told from that particular influencer you know what I mean? You don't need the whole population to wake up. You only need certain influences to reach that tipping point. And you're right. I think maybe you're right. Maybe it was just there was too many influences starting to have too much influence. And uh, now they had to, they've had to flick the switch. So but one thing I wanted to bring up uh, in my sort of final thinkings for this one, boys, was I did mention it at the very beginning. and I, We hadn't touched on it, which was schools. Now, I, I was saying before this week, coming came uh so uh probably about a fortnight ago to a week ago i was saying look i think they're going to extend the school holidays on either 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 side or at the end of the holidays i thought they'll either send them send them on holidays a week early and keep them on holidays another week after the holiday so it'll be like a four-week break rather than two um so far now they're not even calling it you know they'll extend the holidays it's now just a, a student-free pupil-free days, basically. Because if you need to take your kids to school, they can still go to school, but there's not going to be any classes and stuff. Basically, it'd just be child-binding for the day. Sorry, I'm just... Um, <laughs> a bit of a reflux from dinner at Mexican. Um, <clears throat> now, um, so schools, are, I, I sort of predicted that that's what they would do. So they, and they have. So they've 
my kids have got this week off when they should be at school this week, but they've got this week off. And Roy said to the missus, I said, I reckon they're not going to send them back to school when the holidays finish. They're already saying, yeah, okay, you know, school term will go back when it's supposed to go back. But look at how much things have changed so far. I do say, I do dare say that maybe when there's either a week left to go for that last week of holidays, that they might extend it again. And I, the reason why I say that, folks, is because this week coming, where it's pupil-free or student-free days at school, all the teachers are having all these meetings and having things. They're basically setting up online learning portals. All right, So all the classes and all their subjects and stuff, they're going to be doing it via online learning. That's what they're doing. That's what all the teachers are doing this week is preparing all their lessons for online learning. Now, why would they do that if they're still supposed to go back to school at the end of the holidays? Hey? Exactly. They're going to be extending them. I'm calling it now. I reckon school is going to be extended at least another week. You know what I mean? And we've already got the big wigs and the big fuckwits out there saying we need a total worldwide lockdown of about six to ten weeks you know where even bill gates himself was quoted as saying that um and if that's the case then of course kids are going to be staying home a lot longer than just the school holidays out there guys so i could be wrong but i'm gonna say that i called it now because i dare say that's what's going to happen just keep an eye on that one folks extended school holidays Mm, yeah again another red flag there general Mm. and again they're switching to another digital exactly digital platform exactly exactly you know more technology coming into it i mean Mm. my you know previously my kids didn't do that sort of online learning but you know part of my son's homework these days is, is called maths online where they've got to do lessons on certain subjects and they've got to complete homework tasks online on this online maths online portal so um that was only one little subject and one homework assignment, but teachers are now planning classes like, you know, lessons and stuff because they're not going to be at school to do it. So again, why would they do and learn and prepare all this online learning stuff if they're going to be going back to school? So keep around on that one. Um, one thing I do, other thing I wanted to mention folks is a few good websites out there that are putting up some really good information, um, especially uh, articles I've shared lately. One good website I quite like is, is off guardian. So it's off hyphen guardian.org. Um, mm-hmm. and they've put up a couple of good articles. Um, one that says, you know, 12 experts questioning the coronavirus panic. And they put up another one today, I think it was, called 10 more experts criticizing the coronavirus panic. So more and more experts, and, and we're talking like doctors and professors and scientists coming out and saying, yeah, they're putting them, their careers and everything on the line, just like the ones that do talking about vaccines and the, and the damage they cause. But these guys are now coming out and putting their themselves on the line saying, you know, we're being lied to, you know. The numbers don't add up. It's misdiagnosed, blah, blah, blah. So all this information is out there. Um, that's a good resource to go and check out as well. Um, of course, please do go and um, join up as a member at tottnews.com. Um, yeah, you can just join up as a normal member and see particular things or you can help support what Ethan does over there as well. Be with a lot of like-minded folks. I mean, um, yeah, if you if you like what we're saying, then get on board, guys. Um, help support what he does. I know it's going to be tough especially folks out there are losing their jobs and they can't support us but um you know if if you've if you've got the ability to keep working then please do it because you know we're essential we're essential workers i wonder how long that'll last hey anyway um Mm. go and check out realnewsaustralia.com as well um republishing a lot of what ethan does putting up my own stuff and sharing some good thoughts out there as well um 
yeah, like that's all I kind of want to say. And please do subscribe to this podcast, share this podcast. Um, there's some real key information that we've shared with you all today. So I hope you can get on board that uh, hashtag Corona hoax. Every time you post something, anything about coronavirus, please add that hashtag of Corona hoax. Let's try and at least get that trending and start trying to wake people up and direct them towards the things that we're talking about. And if we can uh, at least get a few more our way, then maybe there's a few more that'll support what we're doing and we can get into these little circles that we've got created here. So all the best, guys, and good luck with everything out there for all the listeners. Um, yeah, look, stay safe and keep talking to people. Keep talking to your members. Andy, thanks again for coming on tonight, brother. Uh, appreciate your time as thanks, always. Thanks, General. Yeah, great show. Ethan, same as you, man. Easy, brother. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. All right, see you guys.